Hello and welcome to Overleaf Podcast with Stuart Williams. On this episode we'll meet Silas, the owner of Grimmore Sylvanus, a zine dedicated to magic, folklore and the land. Now on its seventh issue, we'll discuss everything from fairies to castles and everything in between. I hope you enjoy it. I'm currently looking for sponsors for the show. If you're interested, please reach out to On The Overleaf on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Some Overleaf news? We now have a brand new submission area on the website. So if you make, sell or run a magazine, get in touch. You could do so by visiting ontheoverleaf.com forward slash submit. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello. Hello. Thank you for making the time. Um, you know, it's, it's great to finally meet you. All right. Um, here I am. <laughs> I'm Silas. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And I guess, could you could you introduce sort of design itself and um, sort of how it started, really? So, um, so I guess design, um, uh, in a nutshell, um, it's kind of like a... Obviously, it's a zine. It's small, self-published, no adverts or anything. Niche interest um, around um, sort of magic and the land, folklore, and and people's relationship to it. Really. Um, so yeah, that's that's about it. And yeah. um, it started out um, a couple of years ago um, during the first lockdown here in the UK. Um, when mm. um i was like oh I've, I've had a really good and interesting idea i'm gonna write a book um and after about three days i realized <laughs> i was not gonna write a book um but that uh i could write some pretty cool articles and sort of hammer together the first issue of design with with a couple of friends as well um and then it's kind of rolled from there really yeah yeah i saw a list of contributors at the back i, I guess are these people that you've you've known for a while and good friends um yeah i guess some of them are um others are, are, are strangers or, or just people internet friends i guess you'd say like people who've got in contact about design and sort of been then been enthusiastic enough to want to contribute so yeah it's been it's been cool yeah i mean how was the sort of the process of of course you wanted to start something <laughs> but it's very different than going you know i want to do this specific thing but i also want to you know, get people to come and contribute, like the same with the contributors. How did you do that? Was it was it an open call or at the time, how did you get people involved? So the first couple of issues, um, it, it was just sort of friend, friends of mine who, uh, I don't know, be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a thing, like, and they'd be like, oh, that's cool. Do you, like, do you want, like, can I join in kind of thing? Um, and then after that, I suppose, when more people yeah. were reading it, then people, a few people started emailing me of their own volition, being like, oh, do you take submissions? At which point I thought, oh, yeah, I guess I do. So, mm. yeah. Started from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like the whole the whole process of it has been very, like, this wasn't planned in any way. Like, I didn't think to myself, oh, I'm going to try and write, I think it's six issues now uh, with the seventh sort of starting to think about essentially putting together I just did one as a one-off like to make something for myself and then people liked it so I did some more and then I've carried on doing more 
I think I think people more more than liked it from what I saw. It was like you know I have the fifth edition and I think it's out of five hundred. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that the fifth? Or, yeah, I did the four. Yeah, I did the fourth out of five hundred. Uh, like I've got uh, about forty left, I think, of the of the fourth one. Um, but the first issue, oh. I, th- I think it's been over six or seven hundred now. I've printed in total, um, like in 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 series. So yeah, it's been. Yeah, I'm stoked. Like to be honest, I'm surprised. I was hugely surprised to begin with that anyone even really wanted to read it outside of the people who contributed and like people who have to read it and say, "Oh, that's good." Like I don't know your close friends or your partner or your mum or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that. That's the beauty of it. It kind of, I guess, grew organically. Then in yeah, a way, totally. how do people discover you? Do you so think? I guess I guess Instagram um, was like the main way of. That's pretty much the only um, social media I use. Um, I don't know whether word of mouth has helped as well. And it's stocked in a few shops. Um, Rare Mags in Stockport. Um, a fantastic shop. Mags, really yeah. nice people yeah. like stocked it right from the very beginning. So I think they've, I don't know, I guess they take 20 at a time and they all appear to go. So I assume people who wander in and think, oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, otherwise. The people of Stockport are loving uh, apparently, it. Apparently, yeah. It's, oh, I tell you, it's so interesting because like, <laughs> we see all obviously all the addresses of all the people who like order them so that we can send them them um and it's really yeah. i don't know maybe i'm just a bit of a nerd about this kind of thing but it's interesting to see like the spread of like where the people who are most interested in like the sort of folk horror land magic kind of things are are situated i mean there's a lot of people from london but i suppose that's because there's a lot of people in london um but as, yeah. as a percentage yeah. like people from manchester sheffield lancashire like around yorkshire way and also the southwest there's not much sort of in the midlands or in the southeast really apart from london and i guess a few sort of outliers but kind of gives you an indication of maybe the people that are sort of raring to explore maybe out of the urban life into into the country and they're interested in what what what's there to do and see yeah. and explore yeah yeah totally i mean yeah, I guess so. Maybe people who already have a stronger connection to that kind of thing, being in well, Manchester, isn't called Manchester a rural place, but it's it's not got that sort of. Oh, I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's not. It's not. It's not what I think of as being Londonish, and that sounds very disparaging towards London and Londoners. And I'm sorry if it comes across that way. Um, but the whole sort of like um, uh, digital built-up world. Um, that that sort of the, the modern cosmopolitan yeah. kind of thing. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that escapism, I think, that even like the likes of like time out and stuff give people the, the the sort of where to go where to go to escape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could get that, I guess. I mean as sort of an idea, like I found, I've also found it pretty fascinating that I've got readers in the US, um like quite a lot in the US, which I don't know, for, for a, a, a sign that's, that's focused almost entirely on England and Scotland with like little forays out into Wales, a little bit in Germany. I've tried, I've tried not to touch Irish mythology too much because I don't, I'm, I'm not Irish and I wouldn't want to be doing a disservice to all the fantastic people who already write a lot about that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I just find yeah. it interesting that folks from around the world are so into apparently it like english scottish sort of folklore as well but 
yeah. It's, it's kind of like the fascination of something across the sea, I think, that it maybe isn't explored in their local town or, you know, wherever they are. I think that's, I think that's kind of interesting. You find out more from a place from afar than you do actually within a place sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely get that, yeah. <laughs> I, I certainly have from reading it, you know. Um, you've, got, you've got everything from, you know, the devil and everything, the devil's arse, I think, in issue one. So actually that, that, that article about the devil in, in issue one, sort of about why there's so many places named after sort of the devil and demonic stuff in, uh, in England and, and yeah, mostly in England, actually. I then realised that actually I don't have the patience to write a book. Unfortunately, it's just something that um, I have, you have to admit these things to yourself. <laughs> do, do you feel like this, this was like a passion then from from quite quite a long time ago that this is something that's, that's kind of sort of brooded into this oh definitely like like folklore and and sort of fa- well fantasy novels as a kid but also sort of folklore and stories are i've always i've always loved them they're like so they're important you know they tell stuff they, they're like reflections of the world you know art imitates life life imitates art whatever but, um as a kid i had this amazing picture book it was sort of a hardback a three it must have been, I don't know, it must have been 200 pages or something that was full of stories, like folklore stories from around the world. Like almost every country was represented, and they all had these in- incredible pictures with it. I loved that book, still got it. Um, so yeah, I guess that's probably where it started. Did you ever meet the author of the book, or have you ever felt about like reaching I out? I think to it them? was like a com- like a compendium kind of thing, so it was probably edited by someone oh, yeah. somewhere, <laughs> but no, I, I yeah, no, I never really thought about that to be honest. <laughs> Like, yeah, I guess everything starts somewhere. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of this like self-publishing industry, isn't it? Was it kind of was it kind of daunting coming into it from I don't know, from a newbie standpoint, or is this is this, you know, completely something new at the beginning, or do you have something in the past that you've you've worked no, on? No, I've never done anything like that at all. Um yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was daunting so much. It was more kind of just feeling my way. Um so one of the biggest things I learned right at the very beginning was that um, your red, green, blue wavelength on a computer does not necessarily um, translate into CYMK or whatever it's called, the printing. You see how much I know. I know absolutely zip like this kind of thing. I'm just doing it because I love it. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a pretty steep learning curve. Um, yeah, one, of the, one of the coolest things about yeah. it, starting up was being able, being able to swap signs with people. So, like, um, reaching out. To, so there's you know, a handful of different signs sort of started up around the same time or like slightly ahead of us, like um, Black Dog um, and Shark, um, Hellebore obviously like pretty big, but so reached out to all of them and I do fancy like doing a swap kind of thing. And yeah, it's been really cool. Like you get cool scenes and you get to send off cool scenes and yeah, it's, it's felt like a little community kind of, not necessarily forming, but I guess it exists that more people exist interested in the same kind of thing uh, are there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think I think that's the beauty of the beauty of it. Again, I, I, you have that community behind you to to maybe answer any questions you may have, or because someone's or you know always done it before you. That's the thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, it's never, it's never. There's new. nothing new under the sun, as they say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah, it's kind of nice in a way because I feel like you you found you found yeah. a different realm that maybe no one's touched upon before. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like the slight the niche of trying to link people. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like there's, there's, like all these sort of uh, 
zones like I've been saying are like all all in the same sort of area, um, sort of folklore, magic-y kind yeah. of thing. We all, everyone's got slightly different angles on it. So I, I like to think that the one that you've got is pretty is um, pretty unique. But I mean, as unique as it can be in what is. I mean, saturated is the wrong word, but there are a lot of zines around this at the moment. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's, it is saturated, but I think it's also niche as well. It could be kind of a, a good thing. Yeah, like the I, it's a small scene then, maybe <laughs> is the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like it, but it's a big world out there. I, I think that, well, I think that's why you've got so much material, I guess. It is so big. There is so much, so much to explore. Is there anything you sort of haven't explored yet in the subject? That you'd like to explore? Um, I suppose creeping in a little bit over the last couple of issues has been a little bit more standard on the soapbox kind of thing, um, which uh, uh, you know, sort of the relationship that people have with the land and looking after it better and that kind of thing, and whether people necessarily want to be lectured out i don't know but it's a very i, I feel it kind of thing like um i don't know if you've come across um the wolf of stain um is that is that boo and uh, now it's a, it's another zine based up uh, i think it's edinburgh i think he's based in edinburgh i want to say um yeah they're, they're yeah, yeah really really cool and that's a lot more like fortiana kind of stuff but they're um p- particularly where the hearts on their sleeves in a sort of um anti-fascist left-wing um like community focused kind of way um which i think is is really is really important like it, it shows you know yeah i, I guess po- politics always has to come into it a little bit doesn't it i guess i mean i mean i don't i wasn't i was going to try not to open the folklore politics can of worms but well now i've said it so i can't not there's there's a certain su- like subset of people who are into the folklore of their nation wherever it's from that slide into nationalism being like our folklore's better than everything else and and like uh yeah and then you end up with yeah uh, nazi knobheads basically but yeah anyway i didn't want to talk about that but... i feel like i was just like wanting to touch on sort of influences what what's kind of out there and how and how Grimmore uh sort of fits into that i think that's how you say it isn't it Grim- Grimmore? Yeah, I, honestly Grimmore? i don't know it's one of those words that you never hear people say out loud. You only see it written down. I say grimoire. If it's a grimoire or grimoire, uh, yeah, I mean, it's grimoire, up to you. That, yeah. Do what I wilt. <laughs> <laughs> so grimoire, Sylvanus. Um, yeah. Sylvanus. Sylvanus. Sil- Silver- no. He's like a, he's Roman. Sylvanus, I guess, however you like. It all adds to the mystery, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, that's one of the first things you obviously touched upon when I asked about coming on, was about the mystery and, and keeping that. So I, I don't want to go, in, go into any more of that. I think it's it's just a case of, you know, go, going into the actual format of it, maybe. Yeah. You, you, you've progressed maybe to a gloss now. Oh, yeah. I think a gloss cover for the latest uh, issue. Yeah, so that was actually an accident. <laughs> um like, a, like yeah well not not fully an accident um so when i got it printed the um the printers i use sort of said oh there's a there's a lot of ink on that front cover like you're probably going to want a uh like a lamination on it um uh so would you like gloss or nice and i hadn't realized quite how gloss the gloss was going to be i mean i think it looks pretty cool it's um you can yeah i mean in the right light you could probably shave in it yeah um, it's that shiny but um 
I probably will go for the mat next time, but um, it's it's fine. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I don't know. It was did you like set out with a certain format in mind when you first started? Was was it always going to be an A five? It was always going to be yeah. It was always going to be A five just because it's it's easier for like people to read and to post and like carry about. It's easy to have on the train or whatever. Um, as for yeah, and and like you know, sort of shortish between 50, 60 pages um, each issue, usually because that's how long it like three or four months is how long it takes me to write that much or get that much material together. Um, yeah, okay. like yeah, like I said, not not much was planned to be honest. Yeah, I feel like maybe that takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I don't but know. it means that you can then evolve whichever way you want to like you're not constrained by this is what we are this is what we're like you can if something happens and you can be like oh that's cool go over here now and do something about that yeah that's, you can carve it into a rock and it will still be readable hi <laughs> i mean i'm probably not going to be <laughs> like doing like cuneiform tablets i mean that'll be pretty rock and roll <laughs> but um yeah it costs a fortune to post This episode is sponsored by me, Stuart Williams, the host of Overleaf Podcast. That means it's not sponsored at all, I just want to tell you about a few things. I thought I'd take a moment to tell you about the Back Issue Club. Finding back issues are hard, especially if you're trying to find that number one of a magazine you've been looking for for years. So I think I found the solution. It's a brand new Facebook group for magazine collectors who would like to buy or sell back issues. As a collector myself, this would be a great opportunity to fill any gaps in the collection and even discover new publications for yourself. Simply visit Overleaf on Facebook to join the group today. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out via social media. You can get me on On The Overleaf on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and Overleaf on TikTok. It'll be great to hear from you. Don't forget to also check out our blog. You can find it at ontheoverleaf.com. That's O-N-T-H-E-O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F dot com. Just a reminder that Overleaf is fully independent. There's no company, big business, or any big publisher behind this. It's just me. If you'd like to donate, please go to the website and follow the donate button. It's ran by Buy Me A Coffee. So for only £3, you can support a fully independent blog and podcast. And it would make such a huge difference. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. Oh yeah, that'd be a fortune. It'd probably be like a thing we have to go to a certain place to read it. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel there's so much to touch upon here. I think where do we start? Um, location wise, has there been like a favorite location in terms of um you know a piece of folklore that you've really enjoyed? I mean, so um, I grew up in the southwest um sort of on the edges of Exmoor so I mean that features Exmoor features quite a lot so I had a couple of contributors also grew up around there or live around there so that's sort of stamping ground um I've also spent time yeah. in in other places in the country like I spent a lot of time up in Sheffield um yeah roundabout um so yeah I guess that that's where the sort of the focus of 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 where it's been is places that I've written about is places that I've been um, well, there is an article in issue three that I think starts yeah. with the words, um, the Wirral, uh, the Wirral is home. 
and I personally, I've never been to the Wirral, so um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I'll have, I'll have a look at that now. Actually, just bring it up uh, because obviously it features a lot of photography as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, is is it your photography from the places you've been at the time? Yeah, most maybe years ago and yeah, like largely, largely yeah. is. Um, where it's where it's not um photography either by me or by one of my pals um it's it's mentioned as as a credit you know like yeah. words and photographs by whoever but so yeah i mean this yeah of course, of course yeah jasmine who who's written a couple of articles in the later um in the later issues very talented photographer um so yeah there's some, some pictures of theirs up there oh awesome awesome i think that's that's kind of nice because you get to meet a lot of visual artists don't you when you when you're doing this kind of thing, you meet a lot of creative people. Yeah, totally. And has that inspired you along the way a little bit? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just cool to be able to like talk with and and meet with with other folks who are who are into like into like a, the aesthetics of things, like uh, art and and like layout and whatever. So so um, Mark, who's done a and he's a goes under Geist Art. Um, has illustrated one of the stories um he's a he's a yeah he's a good friend and the, his art's really really cool so it's was, it was really cool to be out and he's got his own he's got his own sign out as well which you, you, you should go and get plug, plug. um <laughs> yeah so it's um yeah and he's, he's a sick artist so it's really cool to get to like work with people like him or like jasmine the photography or like various poets or whatever and get to create this sort of thing yeah yeah because obviously you have like maybe one long form piece that you've written yourself and one piece of poetry, you know, in each issue, I think is kind of like the pattern. Yeah, usually, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you feel like in the future there's going to be, you know, more of something and less of another or, or are you kind of like really happy at, at the moment? I mean, it seems to work so far and it's, um, uh, it's the kind of thing I'm into. I mean, may, maybe it will, um, I guess long, like long form articles, uh, have to be something like I've, I, I usually write the long, longer form articles that appear. Um, you, yeah. Usually, I don't I haven't done all of them, but it has to be something like you've got to have enough passion to want to write that much on a subject. You can't just sort of like, I don't know, write a load of toss on a page and it'll look good or whatever. That's that's not what it's about. You know, you've got to yeah, you've got to believe what you're writing. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you were to have like a piece of advice for people starting out with design, would that be one of them? Maybe would be to believe in. in yeah, yourself? absolutely. Like when um, I think it's in the fourth issue, I was um, in, interviewed um, this band green lung. Um, who are like they're pretty getting pretty big now. And at the time I was a bit uh, not worried, was worried the word, but when I first sort of sent the email being like, Oh, Hey, can I interview you? Um, I fully didn't really even respect, yeah. expect to get a reply. Um, and I did. And then I interviewed them and it was sick. So just do it, you know, I guess is the advice. Was it was it like out of your like comfort zone, do you think, at the time? Or was it just like, I, I just don't expect this to happen? Um, I just didn't expect it to happen. Like I've tried to go into a lot of it without having too much expectation of what might or might not happen, um, which I suppose helps with not being in the comfort zone um because it's yeah no expectation so if something goes wrong it's just like oh, yeah. whatever um 
yeah i guess that yeah that's sort of part of the um maintaining a little bit of mystery is trying to keep a little bit of distance between myself as like me as a person and myself as the sort of writer behind design and the editor kind of thing so it's yeah that took a little bit of getting to was trying to refer to myself as a character almost well not as a character writing this design and like emailing to people and like and not so much talking here but like a little bit you know yeah yeah I, I, yeah i noticed that 100 percent noticed that and as, as sort of a persona i think that was as part of the intrigue yeah i thought yeah at least. in my own mind it's it's uh, you know. adds to the coolness i don't know if it's true but um... <laughs> <laughs> it does it does make it interesting though doesn't it yeah. you just don't you just don't know what to expect Aye. terror terror is still uh still yeah. you know yeah, it's, uh... and the roman numerals yeah 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 why roman um I guess it's sort of like it's Latin and sort of Latin was the language of magic for a long time in some places still is. Um, it's a dead language. Um, so it's got that sort of slight mystique about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't speak Latin or read or write Latin. Um, I just laboriously try and work out what stuff means or make stuff up that sounds kind of good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the work of a writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah. That's our, it's our job. It's our job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. I, I think going into our own our own folklore, I think, I'm actually from the Isle of Man. Oh, wow. I don't know if you know much about the folklore of, of the island at all. I actually don't. Um, no, I don't. That's, I feel like that's you not a glaring yeah. error in that. Uh, a glaring uh, gap in my uh, folklore knowledge. <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> I can. I will fill you in. I'm not like an expert or anything. I was just interested as a kid, and I think that's what kind of drew me to to your zine originally when I found right. it. And I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of different zines out there. Like you got Weird Walk, which is all about obviously find, finding different walks and you know British countryside and stuff like that and adventures. But I think. In the Isle of Man, there's a lot of artists doing their own thing. Like like you said, in Ireland, people are doing their own yeah, thing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of nice. You've got you've got um different interpretations of the visuals because some of them are ghost stories, some of them, you know, pure magic or superstition, I think. Superstition is probably the biggest. Um we we have a we have a fairy bridge. Is it a, a, a bridge that was built by fairies or is it used by fairies or do you go there to see fairies or? It's the home of fairies, if that makes sense. So I, oh. I don't know if it was built by fairies. I think it's just a home of, yeah. They they basically, the the main public bridge, which is known as the fairy bridge, you could, you could drive over. Oh, wow. You know, you come from, you come from the airport and it connects the, the south to the north or... I would say the south to the middle, because the island is very, very small, you know. Uh, <laughs> you get to from top to bottom in like maybe an hour and a half, maybe less or something. Um, 80, 86,000 people approximately. So, yeah, uh, the ferry bridge, the public pass, um, has a little marker, obviously says ferry bridge. But if you actually delve down into the valley a little bit, because it's within a valley, uh, you'll actually see the, the original fairy bridge so that is like the publicized one okay and then you have the actual one which is a far smaller kind of public footpath uh in heavy undergrowth oh. and that that's where like people lay people lay flowers or they they pay homage to them in a oh, way okay. as yeah. a way of look yeah oh, yeah nice. 
so when you're passing the location, which is kind of, you know, passing the bridge anyway, you're passing over the bridge, you have to say, you know, otherwise something bad happens. You have to say hello to the fairies, good morning to the fairies, good evening. That is a thing I do every time I come back. That's a thing I've done since right. I was Sorry, a kid. Otherwise something, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you another, I'll tell you another story. My, my parents, uh, well, my mom, my mom actually, uh, specifically was out with her family. Right. You know, years and years ago. So basically, when they went over the bridge, one of them didn't say hello to the fairies. Yeah. About ten minutes down, about ten minutes down the road, uh, the tire burst. Well, that's what you get, really, isn't it? That's about it's pretty. Um, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that, that's the more. No, but that's uh, yeah. I guess that's how our superstitions are perpetuated, isn't it? If you uh, connect one thing to another, I mean, yeah. maybe. Maybe there was just a nail in the road. Maybe it was a bit warm. Maybe it was the fairies. You know, there's no saying. <laughs> are you uh, are you a like are you a believer then, or or do you do you question a lot? Oh, it depends what you want what you want to believe in. Um, I don't know. I'm I would I, I feel like um oh what's his face off X Files where it's like I I want to believe you know um and I feel yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. I necessarily believe in in um, I don't know uh, fairies in, in little pointy hats with sparkly wands or whatever. But as <laughs> as elemental forces sort of beyond our reckoning that exist in the natural world around us that we that we can't um, ob- like observe like just with our what is really our very limited senses. I believe that there is. Yeah. something else you know and that fairies may and hallucinations buried deep in the human psyche or their i don't know time slips or aliens or or or, or they are what we think what they're written about they are fairies it's you know it's believe what you like yeah that that's the thing isn't it when you read these things you can you can just interpret it no matter you know in whatever way you yeah. like yeah i mean something like personal i think yeah definitely i believe in fairies I wouldn't say that, but uh, but then if someone said I do believe in fairies, I wouldn't sort of that's a load of rubbish. Like I wouldn't judge someone for believing something because everyone's lived experience is different. There's a reason why people believe stuff. I mean, some beliefs are problematic, um, in which case obviously you challenge them. But belief in fairies, I don't think is. Yeah. What What's the harm it can do? You know, this is a thing that creates no harm yeah, exactly. to anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's think. probably the words I'm looking for. Yeah, if you, you know, the whole um, do what thou wilt thing, I definitely would update that to do what thou wilt as long as it harms none or believe what thou wilt as long as it yeah. harms none. You know, it's a, a good Love thing it. to live by. I think I'm definitely going to quote that in a future <laughs> article. About, yeah, go about for this. it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I, I think yeah, that, that's that's kind of a nice thing when you when you go into personal beliefs and then you also look at uh, you know overarching beliefs and what people actually enjoy in society as well. What they want to hear is is different from what they actually know. I, I guess you know that that's that's sort of the beauty I think of design again is is having those different layers and you can you can interpret it as you want and you can make a decision. Right. Yeah, and there's the yeah. idea of of. Well, I guess that's what culture is, is as, as, like subscribing to a, a certain set of beliefs um, that sort of bind you together as a community. Um, 
I mean, you can believe different things within that, but ultimately, if you subscribe to the overarching um, things, then yeah, that, that's what that's what makes you. Yeah. Speaking of subscribing, do you subscribe to any magazines? Um, <laughs> officially, no, but there's quite a lot of, I guess, uh, do I subscribe to any magazines? No, I don't think I do. Um, way back in the day, I used to get Mountain Bike in UK. And I used to get National Geographic when I was a teenager, but I don't get either of those now. It's more so mostly, yeah, Zines. Like I've got a massive, great big stack of them, um, mostly around the same kind of subject because that's also what I'm into. But there's it's a, a few music. Oh, I used to get Enemy as well back in the days. R.I.P. Enemy. Oh yes, same. Um, <laughs> uh, I know. I know. Yeah, it's just not the same when yeah. it's digital. I mean, as as. I recently, um, sort of as an adult, went back and flicked through um, some copies of NME I had when I was sort of 16, 17. I was just like, oh, wow. Like, and like, sort of looking back is a nostalgic thing, but it was one of those where it's like, oh, this was a very teenage magazine, you know? <laughs> yeah, it does seem that way. The tone of voice has definitely changed over time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a big, a big, a big change, I think. You've focused on England mostly, haven't you? But you haven't focused on Ireland, obviously, Isle of Man. But have you focused on any of the, the sort of the smaller islands around England or Scotland? I mean, so there's little bits of Scottish folklore in there, um, particularly, um, I mean, a, a folk tale um, in the first issue uh, about a Kelpie and, um, yeah. It, on an article about rowan trees and sort of the folklore around rowan trees there's a, a lot of that particularly in the highlands um yeah the elder tree uh, rowan trees i mean i'm sure there is probably about elder as well but particularly yeah. rowan uniquely um is um there's a lot of folklore about it in in the highlands um so and 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 dibble dabbled in in scottish folklore and other parts like around fairies and things like that um yeah. but sort of islands around around the uk not no not really to be honest i mean i suppose apart from the well, the scottish islands but um there's the isle of man and the isle of wight and i don't really know if there being and then there's sort of a manx culture but there's not really an isle of wight culture i guess um <laughs> and then you get little things like the farn islands or whatever but, um, yeah, and the Shetland up top. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I would love to know a bit more about the Isle of Wight. I, th I think this kind of it links back to that curiosity behind a place and sort of getting to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. How do you research for a piece? Do, obviously, you said you, you base it on personal experience somewhere you've been. But um, if you were wanting to find out some, something specific that isn't readily available on the internet, where do you go? So I've got various sort of encyclopedias of folklore um and lots of books with titles like oh i don't know um uh which one springs to mind uh, there's one called the forgotten heritage um a compendium of lowland scots folklore from that was written in i think 1968 or something and you just find these kind of things in charity shops secondhand shops for two quid three quid um i don't usually actively go out searching for that kind of book i usually let them come to me um it's more fun that way um so yeah i've got a whole stack of books like that and then when all else fails you can turn to wikipedia but i try my best not to do that um i don't know it feels like cheating 
even though even though it is a a, a collective repository of knowledge I, I don't know it still feels like cheating you know it's too easy <laughs> especially because it's you know i guess on your doorstep so to speak you you can just go and find out maybe in person maybe if it's towards like a historical monument or something some someone there will know <laughs> yeah maybe is that who do you think you are kind of program isn't it where probably <laughs> if i'm referencing this but they go to no, no. They, they go to registry offices they go to you know historical like uh documentation you know bases where they could find more information yeah. about family and, and maybe a bit more about what they did and are you, are you interested in maybe maybe a link you know to family history as well is there anything you've explored in terms of family history and folklore i mean i i i think like the you know the stories of your family history are important things to treasure um you know they're they are the people who made you like that's why that's why you're here is is because of your family um i think yeah. sort of an over an over reliance of people being like oh i'm descended from henry the eighth or whatever like i mean that's really cool and stuff but when if it starts being making you feel superior or something i think that's not so cool but that yeah like there's there's the small stories of, of family history i think are really important like they're they're what make you you yeah, I see. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It was it was a hard it was a hard one because I think there's a lot of a lot of things you you can, you can go down and, and maybe talk about around that. But I think, but when you go into a place and you're you're pointing out a certain and a certain element or a certain mysterious item or place about somewhere, I, I feel like you you yeah, want yeah. to find you want to find out more. And I feel like if I was to go and visit one of the places that you mentioned in one of the issues, I'd probably have to go and ask people in the local area about it just because. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, that perspective is different. Yeah. I tell you what, small towns, small town museums. Fantastic. Visit every small town museum you come across. Cause there'll be all sorts of stuff in there that don't on like a national scale, don't really matter very much, but well, yeah, yeah it don't really matter very much, but like the so the the town museum the town closest to where i grew up um when we're going very like a few times around the museum there and it's you know there's some like mm. natural history and there's some bones of a uh, is it a mammoth or something that was dug up and some sort of stuff oh, about the i don't know the the local shipping trade or whatever yeah um but it's like all that kind of stuff is you don't get that anywhere else and it's so the yeah the the town it was um I can't remember some some ridiculous um thing like in the medieval in the 1300s I think it was that like two thirds of all the silver in the country came ashore in this town <laughs> and sort of, I don't know what use that knowing that is to me it's never been any use except maybe in a pub quiz but I don't know just to know that kind of thing it's like oh that's that's interesting I find it interesting yeah. anyway yeah I I hundred percent do I think there's there's a there's history behind everything but it i guess it leads you on a path or like a rabbit hole doesn't it in a way have you found that oh, definitely. yeah yeah like if you if you so a lot of various of the articles start out as one thing and then end up becoming others um in the process of writing there's a lot for people to discover i think in, within the pages um yeah. but, but more so in person i think if they would take it 
take it on board and really bring it with them to a place or connect. connect. Yeah, that's an important thing is connection, I think, and that's been lost in this um, extra connected world that we're all hearing about with your uh, metaverses and your, I don't know, zap this and everything. I sound like an old person now. Um, (laughs) um, It's true. I'm a little bit of a a Luddite. I, I feel like the as the world becomes more connected, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the ability to, I don't know, have um, a video call with someone about your zine um, that you've never met in person and probably never will is hugely important. Hey there. Um, <laughs> but but the the ability to to be plugged into the world all the time, like the like even the news, like something like. I don't know if you go on any old news website and you read a whole lot of articles, sure, it's important to be kept up with the world, but a lot of it is just like, I don't understand why this has not affected me in any way, apart from making me feel bad when I first woke up this morning. Um, You know, you read the news, it's like, oh, like this horrible thing is happening or like, there's never good news in the newspaper, you know? (laughs) It's it's that mental health argument, isn't it? So it's, it's a big one. It's like, what, what do I, what do I consume? But we also have, the power to control what we consume. And I think that's something that people, you know, forget sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can thoroughly recommend um, uh, consuming um, a small zine uh, that I have written. Um, (laughs) Do it. (laughs) This is good. No, no, I'm kidding. No, Um, generally, I I want to know uh, where people can find you. So Obviously, you mentioned rare mags. Where, where else are you stocked? Um, so yeah, rare mags in Stockport. Um, where else are we stocked? Um, so there's, is, I think it's an online shop only. I don't know too much about them to be honest. It's called Igloo Tree. Um, so they, right. they, they stock it. Um, there were there's um, up in Scotland. Um, I should probably know more about where I'm stocked, to be honest. I just sort of post them and then don't think too much about it. Um, there's a, yeah, there's um, there's a Spiral House in Portland, uh, Oregon. Um, they, they've got all sorts of really cool witchy stuff. Um, and Abraxas um, in the US as well. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, those are the ones that I'm usually... Oh, and um, House Nostromo. Um who are based in Berlin and they mm. sell like all sorts of like witchy art, music, um, and, and signs as well. Um, yeah. Am I right in saying that Oregon has a lot of magic associated with, with witchcraft? Um, I don't know about historically. Um, yeah, I wouldn't really like to say, to be honest, I've never been there and no I don't know too much about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, oh, good. Sorry. Again, <laughs> something new to discover. We have to find out about Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as I understand, it's a pretty cool city, but um, like I say, I've never been there. So uh, I can't, couldn't tell you firsthand. Oh, good. Oh, good. Is it, is it a place, you know, is there a place you haven't been yet that you want to go? Uh, maybe for, for this project or for just curiosity? Oh, Every day I think of a hundred places I've not been that I'd like to go to. Um, one lifetime's not enough. Um, yeah, agreed. I've never been. I have never been to Stonehenge. 
I've never actually gone up and poked the stones at Stonehenge. Um, looked at them from the 303 and various of my friends have been and, and you know, uh, you know, told us about that. So I should probably go and do that um, at some point. But I feel I'd feel a little bit like going through the motions. Um, so sort of my maybe it'd be different if I went, but sort of the the oh the sort of the I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Sort of like showpiece of any um, sort of scene or idea or or anything is often I find a little bit disappointing, and you, particularly around like historical monuments and stuff. Like you know, I don't know if you've ever have you ever been to Warwick Castle, for instance. No, no, I haven't. I need to. Um, so, really interesting castle, lots of history there, but it's an unbelievable amount of money to get in. And there's an awful lot of people sort of dressed up as jesters and like parading around and jousting and like <laughs> ye merry England nonsense going on, which um, I don't know, didn't feel very ca- didn't feel very castly to me. Whereas if you go to, I don't know, sort of your tumble down ruins, like out in the middle of the woods that hardly anyone else knows about, that's really cool. And like, you can <laughs> see to be able to walk around and sort of look for yourself and be like, oh, that's, that looks like that might be where the bread oven was. And like the keep was probably here and that might be a part of the curtain wall. And I don't know if it had a moat, but that might be it kind of thing. Whereas yeah. when you've got like a waxwork figure of someone wearing a silly hat and like eating a plastic apple being like, this is Lord wherever of whatever in 15, whatever. I don't know. It just, I don't know loses it a bit you know capitalism isn't it maybe it won't be like that i should go back i should go to stonehenge is the uh although right here we go another axe to grind i'm sorry if i'm getting on my soapbox here but i i think that having to pay to go and have a look at a something that would like to go and look at a national monument having to pay i think's a bit disgusting to be honest i mean you can i totally i utterly understand that it has to be sort of upkept and that you shouldn't go climbing all over it and that all of that costs money but that that it shouldn't yeah i don't know i don't think you should have to go and pay to go and have a look at your own heritage you know what i mean it's i think it's a bit ridiculous why why isn't it free yeah. like the museums in london are or... I know what you mean. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I, I feel like the. It, it's also the question: should, should they bear like gift shops, stuff like that, and you know, commercialize, commercialize the history? I think it's a it's a big argument, isn't it? Speaking of speaking of castles, though, I think I definitely want to end on on this. You, you've got you've got to go to the Isle of Man. Yeah, well, I suppose that's probably now it's now up there on my list of uh, places to go, and you can get a boat which is good because I don't have to fly. Get in. <laughs> I guess you don't, you don't like flying. Is it environmental reasons or? Um... Uh, it's it's an, envir- an environmental thing. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. Uh, a few, a few years back, um, myself and my partner went on a sort of once in a lifetime round the world backpacking thing. Oh, wow. And, and when we got, yeah, we saved, saved for a few years to do it and, and went off and, and yeah, came back and was like, oh, that was, that was a lot of flying. That wasn't, uh, that didn't feel good mm. um so gonna try not to do that again but i mean i suppose it makes up for it considering where and how i live um yeah it's i won't go too much into it but it's um it's pretty rustic should we say so maybe that makes up for it <laughs> are, are, you, are you or are you not in a caravan 
Um, have been. I'm no longer, but spent some time in a caravan, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, the first, the first four issues, I think, were written in a caravan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these, these are little snippets, I'm, I'm telling you, that are... <laughs> It, it's great to just hear about you know the background of it and you know a little bit about you. I think that's that's part of it. It's it's a whole big part of it because you wrote most of it, you know. And as long as you're living comfortably and you're happy, that's the main thing. Because I am stoked. I'm yeah. having a great time. <laughs> yes, I'm very happy to meet you and thank you for your time. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for having me. Like, it's been, yeah, I don't think, I've interviewed a few people now, but I've never been interviewed for anything, so it's pretty oh. exciting. It's a new experience. It's been it's been great, I can recommend. <laughs> <laughs> final, final, well, thanks for having me. Like, it's been, yeah, it's been great. Uh, it's great to have the opportunity to do this. Super good to, to finally actually talk about this and where can people find you? Oh, um, so... Yeah, drop us an email, um, grimoiresylvanus um, at gmail.com. Uh, very imaginative, um, but also easy. And we're on Instagram as well as uh, grimoiresylvanusdesign. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's it, really. Um, I keep meaning to put together a newsletter, but I haven't got around to it. So maybe at some point in the future. Enjoy, enjoy the discovery. Yeah, you too. And, and the myth and legend of the Isle of Man. Yeah, I'll uh, let you know what I find out. <laughs> Thank you, Silas, for joining me on this episode. To keep up to date with everything Grimmore Sylvanus, make sure to follow them on Instagram at Grimmore underscore Sylvanus underscore Zine. You can buy a copy of Design, which is now on its seventh issue, on their big cartel site or in selected retailers. On the next episode of Overleaf Podcast, we'll meet Sophie Willison, the owner of Terra Firma magazine. I can't wait for you to hear it, so make sure to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button or wherever you listen to the podcast, and let me know your feedback. You can find me at On The Overleaf. So that's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, On The Overleaf. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can also visit our website at ontheoverleaf.com. That's O-N-T-H-E... O-V-E-R-L-E-A-F dot com Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Overleaf Podcast. See you next time. A big thank you to the creator of the music for the show, Valtteri Keskitalo.